Good morning again. It's great to see you all. Um, uh, my wife is actually not in town this weekend. She is in Arizona helping prepare for her brother's wedding. He's getting married this Saturday. So she actually left on Monday. So I have been um, by myself with the kids and with the dog for six days. And I have a newfound mad respect for all of you solo parents out there. I just want to say kudos to you. Um, and I, I am going to be praying for you more often now that I'm aware of this situation and how amazing you all are. But she, um, yeah, so she's in Arizona getting ready, for helping get ready for the wedding. And then, so my daughters actually came, drove themselves to second service on their own. But what happened in first service, right before I was behind stage there getting ready to come out and my daughter called me. And I'm thinking, I, don't, I can't take a call right now. And so as my dad was walking, I'm like, can you call the kids to make sure they're fine? And so the, for the first 30 seconds of my message in the first service, I didn't know if my, the house was on fire or what was happening, but they were all good. So it was an exciting few minutes of my life, let me tell you. So we are finishing up our series today called uh, Me, You, and You. And this is a relationship series. And we are created in the image of God. And since we are created in the image of God, we are relational beings. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have existed uh, from eternity past and existing within the context of a love relationship. So we, uh, made in the image of God, we are relational beings. We, deci we desire to be in relationship with other people. Uh, and the struggle, though, with our flesh and with our humanity and in sin sometimes is that relationships don't go well. And we have a real difficulty staying in long-term friendships and sometimes marriages. And things really can go sideways uh, with our relationships. And the idea of this series, this me, you, and you, the last you being capitalized, the idea is that we would want and should desire to have God speaking into our relationships. Um, a lot of times we just uh, continue to do relationships how we were trained to do relationships uh, within our nuclear family. And even if you had awesome parents, there was a measure of dysfunction that you grew up with. Um, things weren't perfect. Things weren't always exactly right or how they should be in the home you grew up in. So we can perpetuate those things or we can decide to allow God to speak into how we do relationships so we don't proliferate those problems in our lives, that we actually allow God to change how we think about relationships. And then all of us have had relationships that, uh, whether it's friendships or uh, intimate relationships that have gone wrong, and so sometimes we can carry that hurt with us, and that hurt we experience can then inform how we do relationships in the future. But we don't want to allow those things to be the capital Y-U that's always speaking into our lives and how we should do relationships. We should want God's ways, the designer of relationships, the designer of life, to speak into our lives so that we can have good and healthy and strong relationships, friendships, marriage, parent-child relationships. And God's Word has a lot to say about that. So we've been discussing that, uh, and this is the fifth week. So if you missed any of those messages, you can go back and listen on our website, on our podcast, or also through our church, at, church app and catch up with us. Um, so we have been talking about relationships and just understanding um, what we see in relationships. And then we saw right from the very beginning, Adam and Eve had a difficulty within the context of their relationships. And we saw um, right from the beginning, Adam blaming Eve and then blaming God. And that's what happens to us a lot of times. 
Um, when relationships go wrong, it's just easy to blame shift, and we think the problem is with other people and not with us, and this will just be our uh, default setting um, many times when relationships go sour. And, we, and then we talked about um, for us to have successful relationships, we have to realize that we can't just be takers, that we actually have to be givers for our uh, relationships to be successful. The other thing is that we need to realize that uh, we only, the people that we are in relationship with, there is no perfect people out there. So all of the people that we are going to be in relationship are going to be imperfect. And so it's just going to be messy. Sometimes our relationships are going to be messy and difficult because people make wrong choices. You and I make wrong choices. So it just makes relationships hard. And then we talked a couple weeks um, about marriage that my wife and I spoke one week and we talked about in the context of your marriage um, appreciating the differences that you and your spouse have and as opposed to making those points of contention that you can actually appreciate the differences that you see in your spouse and not trying not try to uh, change your spouse into your image appreciate how God has made them different from you and allow those things to be a blessing in your life. And then my parents uh, spoke about marriage and they talked about how that we ultimately find our acceptance and our security and our identity in our relationship with God, not just our relationship with, spouse, with our spouse because our spouse can't give us our ultimate acceptance and security and identity. Those things can only and should only come from God. And then last week we talked about words or communication and how important the words are that we speak in our relationships, that we can speak life or we can speak good things in our relationships or sadly sometimes we can choose to speak death or our harsh words in the context of our relationship would only cause our relationships to go sour. So we don't want to do that. Um, and then one more thing before uh, we get to today's topic, I just wanted to remind you about our family resource page on our website. And it is there for you um, under Discover More. And if you go to family resource page, there are lots of books on there to help you um, with your marriage, with your relationships, with parenting, with finances. There are some websites on there that have video on demand for certain subjects. Um, so please use that. It is there to be a blessing to your family. All right, let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter four. One last time as we finish up this series. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and this is the jumping off point for us in this series. It says this, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Now that third strand in the context of any relationship should be God. Uh, God will strengthen all of our relationships, our friendships, our marriage, our parenting relationship, uh, us to our children, children to our parents, that when we allow God into our relationships to inform how we do relationships, to help us by his spirit in our relationships, our relationships can only be stronger. And we want Ultimately, we desire to have healthy relationships. So today, we're going to talk about something that is so very important uh, for us to remain friends with people, for us to remain married uh, more than five minutes. We are going to talk about the subject of forgiveness. 
And forgiveness is a centerpiece of Christian doctrine. As we look in the scripture, as we understand um, about the gospel message, about what it means, how we see this idea that in the center of the gospel message is God offering forgiveness to mankind based on Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. So God is offering us a relationship with him, and in the center of that is forgiveness. And so that should inform, one of the big things that should inform how we do relationship is just to understand that, that God forgives us, that God offers humanity forgiveness. And so the same way for us to have good relationships with people, we have to learn uh, to be a forgiving person. So very important. Um, Let's turn uh, to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 19 says this. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city, and quarreling is like bars of a castle. Somebody offended. So the reality is in our lives, in, in our relationships, at some point we will be offended, we will be hurt, we will be damaged um, with words or things that people say to us or do to us. And generally speaking, it's the people that we know. It's the people that, we cl- that we're close to. You know, we're, like I say, it's, you can get mad for a few seconds when somebody cuts you off on the highway and you can yell at them and whatever, be upset for a few seconds, but you kind of let go of it because you don't know who they are. But the people that um, generally are open to hurt us are the people that are close to us. And all of us have been hurt and all of us have hurt people with the words that we say and the actions that we take. But the, the illustration here is it's somebody who's sort of um, in a castle and it, they, they won't yield. And we think about, you know, someone in the highest tower and we think about a castle, that a castle has walls and there's a moat around it with crocodiles in it. And that person, we can't reach the person. Why? Because we've offended them. Or sometimes we're the person in the tall tower and somebody's offended us and they can't get to us anymore because we're so offended and we just won't yield because we are so hurt and we are so damaged. But this is how we would describe and we could see this is the human experience that we do this and we have it done to us. And so that's why we need to learn how to forgive. Forgiveness is so important, central to having healthy relationships. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24 says this, Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 32, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians 3, verse 13, bearing with one another, and if you have a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So we know that the New Testament commandment is the commandment of love. So here's one of the ways that we are commanded to walk out love is to learn to forgive. And then we see, if we go back to the verses there in Ephesians, it says, put on the new self created after the likeness of God, and then it goes on to say that we would forgive one another. So our brand new identity, our new identity in Christ is a forgiven identity. We are in Christ, and when we are in Christ, the scripture is telling us that we are forgiven. Our sins are washed away. Colossians says that we must forgive. 
We must forgive. Forgiveness is so important for us, so healthy for us, so that we don't remain in the tall tower offended and hurt and damaged. So it's so important for us to learn how to forgive. So I have something to show you this morning that will help us to understand what offenses are like when they come our way. So today I have this big ball of offense. And Andre, who's got his head down, is going to come help me this morning. Come on, Andre. Come on, look alive. You just got called and your number got called. Let's go. I know you were at the back of the bench there and everything and you weren't starting, but now you're on the floor and you're going to help me this morning. So he's going to hold a big ball of offense. Come a little bit closer. Now I'm going to give way better instructions in this service because I got my glasses knocked off in first service. <laughs> so don't throw until I give you instruction, all right? Are we clear? No, you got to wait. You got to wait. That's what happened in first service. So there are going to be things that come our way, offenses. Somebody's going to say something. Somebody's going to do something to hurt us. All right, you ready? No, not at the head, okay? I know you want to do the head, but not at the head. We're going to somewhat of a back situation here, okay? You ready? Here we go. So he's going to throw this offense at me. There we go. And I caught it. So generally speaking, when things come our way, when words come our way, offenses come our way, we can go to our friend and be like, hey, dude, this. And he's going to be like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. And we'll shake hands and we're like, okay, and then we can put it aside and we can go on with our relationship and we can be friends. Now, there's other types of offenses that come our way. Okay, go. I'm ready. Now, I'm going to have to forgive you th for that because this is a message on forgiveness. Let me just talk to your kids for a second. Hold on. Just stay here. So what dad just did, don't do that. Listen to his instructions. <laughs> so sometimes offenses come your way. Say, people say stuff and do stuff to you and you go to them and they're like, no, I'm not sorry. In fact, I meant to do it. And there is actually no reconciliation that happens. And this is somebody that you know, somebody who is your friend, somebody who is close to you. And the question is for us, when things come our way and people aren't apologizing, they aren't saying they're sorry, what are we going to do? Blaze, give me a hand for a second on your front row because of baby dedication. Come on up here. You don't have to throw anything. You're going to do way better than Andre. <laughs> if things come our way and we don't deal with it, we aren't able to work it out, what happens to us is we bring these things into our other friendships, our other relationships, if we aren't able to deal with the offenses that come our way. Thank you, Blaze. See, follow instructions. That's all it takes. Go ahead and take your seat. Thank you. <laughs> I forgive you, my friend. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. Let's turn over there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, says this. And this is in the context of the Lord's Prayer. It says this, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven 
our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, does this mean when we choose not to deal with the ball of offense that comes into our lives, that somehow it changes the character of God, that God now doesn't forgive because I'm choosing not to forgive? No. It means more this, that we're actually not understanding about the nature of God's grace. That when we receive from forgiveness from God, it's because he gives it to us as a gift. It isn't actually something that we qualify for. So it's, it's a misunderstanding about forgiveness. And sometimes we think, well, this person doesn't deserve it, so I'm not going to give it. And then one, what ends up happening to me, because they don't deserve it, because they aren't coming to say I'm sorry, and they are never coming sometimes to say I'm sorry. In the context of that, we still have to choose to forgive. See, us forgiving has actually nothing to do with what the other person is deciding. If they're not going to say I'm sorry, if they're not repentant, if they don't feel bad based on what they did, we still have to choose to forgive. Otherwise, we're carrying around this big ball of offense for the rest of our lives or for a period of time. We just carry it around. We bring it into our other relationships and we bring it into how other people, and then we start telling our story. Have you ever told your story about your big ball of offense? Come on now. Anyone who will listen, you're just going to tell your story. You're going to tell the situation. You're going to tell the circumstances. Why they're such a bad person, how you are so amazing. And you didn't do anything wrong. They threw this at you. And they this, they that. And then you find someone else who will hear your sad story. And sometimes, you know what? It is a very sad story. And it is true. You were hurt and you were damaged, and they shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have thrown it at you. That was their choice. But what is our choice? The choice that God is wanting us to choose for us to be able to have healthy relationships is that we have to move past these things that hurt us and damage us, these ball of offenses that we're just carrying around, that we are going to choose to forgive our debtors. One definition of forgiveness is this. Forgiveness is the release on the part of the creditor or offended party. That's me. If somebody throws something at me. In other words, they owe me. That's kind of what it's like. Because they've done this to me, they've thrown this at me. Now they owe me something. They owe me an apology. They owe me to make recompense. They need to pay for this somehow. But forgiveness is saying it's the release on the part of the creditor or offended party of any expectation that the debt will be repaid or that the offender will receive punishment for an offense. When describing the removal of an inappropriate offense in this way, the removal does not condone the behavior or suggest approval of the behavior. See, when we forgive we're not saying that what they did was right. It actually was wrong. 
It did actually hurt. They shouldn't have done it, but me choosing to forgive is not approving of their behavior. It's not saying that it was okay, and in fact, it's the opposite. They actually need forgiveness. They need that debt removed. And so I'm choosing. I'm not going to wait for their choice. I'm not going to wait for them, for them to say, I, I'm sorry, because sometimes it's not coming. Like I said, most of the time, you can work those things out. But in these instances when you can't, you have to make that choice of forgiveness. Otherwise, we're just carrying this around. We're just carrying the, this hurt around. We're carrying our, our past around with us. And the problem is sometimes we just get too comfortable with it. And God doesn't want us to be comfortable with this. He doesn't want us to be comfortable being stuck in our past. He wants us to go forward in our lives. And if we are choosing to hold on to our past, and this is not even a fun past. This is a hurtful, damaging past. Past that I didn't even actually choose. But when we forgive, we're able to put these things aside and leave it where it belongs when we choose to forgive. Matthew chapter 18, let's turn over there. Jesus gives a parable about forgiveness. Verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times, the question? Seven times seems like a reasonable amount of times. Because when we hit eight, you know, I, I'm going to just stop forgiving. I'm going to stop forgiving when we hit eight. Verse 22, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king. So Jesus is going to give us a parable now to help us to understand what God's kingdom is all about as it relates to forgiveness. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants that, who had borrowed money from him. And the NIV here puts uh, numerical val values on this to help us to understand. In the process, one of his debtors was brought to him who owed him a million dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife and his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. So here this guy had been forgiven of a million dollars. And this guy is going to someone else who owes him a few thousand. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. When the king called in the man who had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt. In other words, that million dollar debt. Because you pleaded with me, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Just as I had mercy on you. Then the anger king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. That was what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. See, ultimately when we choose not to forgive, 
we are just hurting ourselves. When we choose not to forgive, we're tormenting ourselves. See, this was their choice to throw at me words, actions. Now, beyond that choice, I also have a choice to make now. I can hold on to it. I can be angry. I can be frustrated with them for a year, for five years, for a decade. I can be frustrated with them after they pass away. I've seen situations where people are mad at people and they, you can't even work it out anyway. Holding on to it. Holding on to it. But the big idea in this parable, in this story, is that a lot of times we just forget as Christ followers that we are actually forgiven. We had a debt that we couldn't actually pay. We couldn't make ourselves right. Not with our goodness, not with thinking that we're better than the other people who have offended us. They have done this. I would never do this, so somehow I'm better. And that's what we always do. We place ourselves above the other person who's done the wrong. So I'm above them. And if I'm above them, I actually don't have to forgive them. But if we remain in that mindset, we end up hurting ourselves beyond the hurt that has come from the other person. But the realization is supposed to be that this forgiveness that we have from God, it's supposed to inform how we do relationships. That we offer forgiveness. When somebody can't actually pay it back, and they aren't choosing to pay it back, and there is no I am sorry coming, and the relationship is severed forever, because of this reason or that reason, lack of trust, a thousand different reasons why relationships get severed. Someone that you may never see again. So in those times, we have to choose to forgive. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends. Leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of fire on his head. Listen, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is in the context of forgiveness. We allow these things that were evil, that were wrong, to overcome us. This great big ball of offense. We allow it to overcome our lives when we choose to not forgive. Listen, and nobody ultimately wants their life to be decided by what someone else did. Isn't that right? We don't want this to define our lives. And this looks different in my life and in your life. So not only are we letting it go, not only are we forgiving it, but the scripture here is telling us actually to go the next step. Not just letting it go, but actually in our minds and in our hearts doing something for somebody else. And here is 
the challenge of following Jesus. It's not just getting the forgiveness. It's not just experiencing the salvation so that we can, we can spend an eternity with God. It is this. Listen, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do even the tax collectors do the same? It's easy to love the people who haven't offended us, who haven't hurt us. They're no problem, no issues. They're great, no big deal. But Jesus is actually asking us to love the people who hurt us. That there should be people on your prayer list who you are praying for, for God to help, who have actually offended you, who have hurt you. God doesn't want us to remain in that place of revenge. God doesn't want us to stay in that mindset, I'm going to get back and I'm going to hold it until they come and say, I'm sorry. Don't waste your life. should be people on your prayer list that have lobbed some things at you. See, I'm going to, and then we're going to choose, what? I'm, I'm not going to get back. I'm not even going to assume that they're going to try and come and say, I'm sorry. They're not ever actually coming to try to make it right. Has anybody got anybody like that in their life? Come on, I do. They're not coming. They actually felt justified. So what am I going to do? Am I going to hold on to this thing? Am I going to hold on to this thing that someone who actually doesn't care about me and doesn't love me, am I going to let my life be defined by that mess? Or am I going to take love up a different notch? I'm not just going to love the people who love me. That's easy. Following Jesus says love the people that actually don't like you, who hate you, who have done you wrong. Why? Because here's the reality. They need prayer. And I, I'm not going to let the, I mean, if, they, if they're going through life lobbing balls of offense at people, they need help, don't they? They need to stop doing what they're doing, so we're going to pray for them so that God will help them, not just me holding on to it and letting my life be defined by a past that I didn't choose. Proverbs chapter 10. So here's the choice for us. Proverbs chapter 10. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. See, I can choose to hate this person, and what am I doing? I'm just stirring up strife in my own life. Beyond the choice that they made, they made this choice to toss this at me, but they made this choice, and then I have another choice. My choice is I'm either going to hold on to it and allow the hate to continue and to be stirred up in my life and then I'm going to tell the story, I'm going to tell the story, I'm going to tell the story and allow that anger to be stirred up in my life, that strife to be stirred up in my life. No, this was their choice. My choice is, what is it? Love covers all offenses. 
I'm actually going to choose to love the person who didn't choose to love me. I'm going to pray for them. I'm not going to hold bitterness and anger in my heart. They don't owe me anymore. They don't owe me anything. See, and this is how God is calling us his sons in those verses that Jesus was talking. Why? Because God modeled for us forgiveness. He gives us forgiveness when we don't deserve it. And that's all of us. Listen, I'm glad to see you here at church this morning, but because you came to church this morning doesn't make you more deserving of forgiveness than someone who's walking in open sin out in the world. All of us that receive forgiveness, it only comes by grace. It only comes as a gift. God models this for us. He shows us this, and that's what we need to do to this person that's hurt us, that offended us. We're just going to give them the gift of forgiveness. And when we give it to them, we actually set ourselves free. I'm not going to carry it anymore. It's too much of a burden to carry. It's too much of a problem to bring into my other relationships. It's too much to carry my past forward. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to set them free. And then when I set them free, I am free myself. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says this, talking about love, it it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let's stop keeping a score in our relationships, especially the wrongs, especially the big ball of offense that comes our way. But I'm, I'm actually going to stop describing it. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop keeping score that I'm actually going to choose to love. right back to the beginning at Ephesians it talked about our new self our new forgiven self see what all of us need to be reminded of that we are forgiven that forgiveness is offered to all of us just because God loves us not because we've never lobbed offenses at somebody because we have but forgiveness is offered to us because of Jesus I don't know if you've ever seen any, uh, you know, movies about the life of Jesus. You know, we're coming up to here to Easter, so I'm sure there'll be something on TV. And it always hits me. Every time I see a movie about Jesus and about the crucifixion, when we get here to this verse that I'm going to read you, it always just blows me away. And it is this, Luke 23, verse 34. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. The people that are nailing hands, nailing his hands to the cross and nailing his feet to the cross and throwing a spear in his side. Forgive them, Lord, for they don't know what they're doing. And in fact, it actually does look like they know what they're doing. They're trying to hurt him. They're trying to injure him. In the middle of that moment, Jesus says, forgive them, Father. That the people that he's dying and sacrificing himself for are hurting him, damaging him, injuring him. 
In the middle of that, Jesus says, forgive them. It's the ultimate expression of love. And that's the love that God loves us with. That even while we were sinners, even while we were rejecting God, even when we said no and we pushed God away, He still loves us. He still forgives us. Even when we're so proud in our religion or we're so proud in our morality, that God in that still loves us and cares about us and offers us forgiveness. That is the forgiveness that we live in. That is the air we breathe in our relationship with God. It is the air of forgiveness. We breathe it in. We should breathe it out. We, should, we receive it, so we actually should give it to others. Matthew 26, last verse, verse 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, the forgiveness of sins. A forgiving disposition flows from a forgiven one. And we always have to remember that we are forgiven. It's given to us by grace. And so then we should forgive. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your word today. We are so thankful, Lord, for your forgiveness that you give to us freely, that you don't hold it back. And Father God, I just pray for everyone in here today who's suffering from a broken heart. Something, something has been lobbed at them. Some words, some actions that's caused them to have a broken heart. Father God, we just pray for that person that did the damage. We pray, Lord, that you help them, that you give grace to them. And Father God, we also pray that you show us in our lives the damage that we've done to others, the words that we've said, the actions that we have taken that have hurt others. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves to those people, to go and apologize to go and say, I'm sorry. We thank you, Lord, that you're leading us and guiding us in your forgiveness that you have forgiven us today. We are so thankful. And as we sang earlier, Lord, we'd be lost without your forgiveness. So we thank you for your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning and you have never taking the first step in your relationship with God. You know, we're talking about it today, that the gospel message is all about God forgiving us, all about God offering us forgiveness that we don't actually deserve. We don't qualify for it for being a really good person or a really religious person. He offers us this relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is receive the righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God. All we have to do is say yes to it. Listen, God is not mad at you this morning. God is not angry with you. He offers you forgiveness. And maybe you're here today and you wandered away in your relationship with God. Maybe you've been hurt at church. Maybe you've been hurt by another Christian. And listen, I get it. That's tough. 
And then sometimes when another Christian hurts us, we walk away from God. But you never want to walk away from God because of the actions of a person. So maybe you feel like you're distant from God today because of something somebody else did. I'm going to pray our prayer here in a second. You pray along with me. You don't have to say the exact same words I say. Your heart is the most important thing. But let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes and pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for 